Hey, everybody. Kate Northrup joins us on Altered Podcast today. And if you've been looking to become a money magnet, raise your vibration and improve your relationships, this episode is for you. We talk about the intersection between finances and sex. We discuss scarcity mindset and how to move out of it. We lean into cultivating a deeper sense of trust and how that impacts abundance and how calming the nervous system plays a pivotal role in all of it. If you haven't already, please leave a five-star review and a written review of this episode. And if it resonates, share it spread it far and wide. We want more people tuned in and turned on. Yes, please. (sighs) Okay. So let's get to today's episode. It's time to get altered with Kate Northrup. Kate Northrup, thank you so much for coming on Altered Podcast. Thanks for having me. I was telling you um, before this Recording started just, I've, I've been a longtime fan of your work. I've been a longtime fan of the way in which you deliver it. Um, and so it's it's just a privilege to be able to spread this knowledge as far and wide as possible. So mm. it's a gift to have you. Thanks. Awesome. Um, so this is called Altered Podcast, A-L-T-A-R, like an altar where we come to pray and, and make a holy shift, if you will. Mm. We talk about moments that have altered us, but of course, wisdom that we can give out and help other people continue to get altered. So I'd love to hear right off the bat a moment, the first one that comes to mind, a moment that really altered you. And whether that like brought you to your knees or whether that woke you up or or whatever it was that really inspired a, a, a holy shift. <laughs> so I like, I, this doesn't usually happen. I got so emotional just thinking of this one particular moment that mm. is very timely right now. So I just got a text from my husband um, mm. and he said, I was at the bank and this guy passed out. And I was sitting with him. Um, there's like a lot to this story. So I hope it's okay if I just sort of like get into a, a variety of threads here. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. Bring it. Um, and he said, so I was sitting with this guy who just passed out at the bank just to be with him. And the firefighters who came, you know, even when there's not a fire, they call the firefighters because they're EMTs. So the firefighters who showed up remembered my husband from exactly a year ago when he had gotten hit by a car and they were like, dude, like, (laughs) hi, we remember you getting hit by a car on your bike and like your wife came. And, and so they were the same guys. And what's so wild about this is not only is it a year anniversary of his accident, but he was there to be able to sit with this other guy, you know, having his moment, but Mike passed out last week at the doctor's office, which is just the weirdest thing. And so the reason I moved is that wasn't actually the moment that moved me that I was remembering the the moment, but that it's context just to know that like I've been, uh, my husband has been in a variety of states of physical illness or ailment or injury for the last six years. And we're just coming out of it. And um, there was this other moment that came to me as you were saying these moments of holy shift when uh, we had just moved to Miami and um, 
part of why we moved here was because he was really sick and we needed to move to help him with his healing. And he was so, and I think he had, anyway, he was really sick and then he got, then he broke his knee. This was like a separate time. And so he's like sick and then he can't walk. Mm. And um, the new uh, Pink album had come out relatively recently. And there's this song that she sings um, that it's like, uh, you know, I throw my head back and we spin in the wind and something. Mm -hmm. Let the walls crash as we let the light in. And so I'm getting the lyrics wrong, but that's like the general idea. Mm -hmm. And there was this moment when Mike was sitting on the bed and he was so sick and then he couldn't walk. I can't exactly remember the timeline. And I was so pissed at him. Like I was so mad for him just being sick and injured all the time. I was so mad. I was just like deep in my resentment story. Yeah. And he's sitting on the edge of the bed and I walk into the bedroom and that song comes on. Mm. (laughs) We just like looked at each other and we both started to cry. And I just like saw this moment of like where we can see through the layers of reality and see kind of the timelines and be able to pierce through our humanity enough to see the divinity Mm -hmm. in one another and in through these like really difficult spots. Um, And there's a few of those moments, you know, I think we can all have those moments where like we are brought to our knees and then we, then we see God or we see divinity or whatever we want to say. But that was just one of them. Thanks to, thanks to Pink in the context of this six year journey we've been on. Um, So anyway, wow, there we go. Blessings. Starting there. We like to keep it light on this podcast. We keep it super fucking light. (laughs) Cry during the first question of a conversation. Oh, I'm so, so honored to have you. I'm so honored for this story. And it's, it's amazing how we can like see through the veil of whatever is in front of us through like the most meaningful or the most mundane, whether it's like I am in Bhutan at the tiger's nest and I feel connected to all things or like a fucking pink song. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be one or the other. It's just, it's, it's all of it. It's all like everything is sacred and nothing is sacred. Mm -hmm. Period. Oh, so good. Thank you for sharing that. I have chills all over my body. And I'm so like in celebration of the year anniversary of this recovery, it is, I mean, nothing wakes us up more to life than the possibility of it being over. It's so true. And I wish that didn't have to be the case. Like I wish that we (laughs) didn't have to be, you know, thrust into the temporality and the, the, the fact that it is, we are just hanging on here by a thread in order to appreciate (laughs) what we have, but we do. Here we are. Yeah. Hanging on by a thread is right. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's like nothing knocks us conscious quite like it. Um, but I really, you know, I've been, a, like I said, I've been a fan of your work for a long time. I love what you're doing in the context of like money and how that impacts our relationships and how it opens us. It feels to me and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like a softening that happens through like the safety of feeling like um there's finding like financial security there's security and partnership like i would love for you to talk to us a little bit about the correlation between like intimacy like rom- romantic partnership and finances yeah oh so good there's a lot so 
you're a, you, you know, you have a yoga background uh in the in the chakra system which is you know based in the same indian ancient indian traditions uh there are these seven energy centers of the body obviously your listeners are aware of this um and we love it and the and the second (laughs) chakra is money sex and power and so this area of the body is also known as the sacral chakra and it is related to the way that we engage with money, sex, and power in our lives. It's Mm. so when we have, are having a conversation about money, we are also having a conversation about sex. When we are having a conversation about power, we are also having a conversation about money and vice versa. There so what, no matter which one you want to play with, you're dealing with the other anyway. Now, really money and sex are just about power. But really, power is actually about sex because it's about life force and and the animating force that is the reason we are all here breathing, the difference between a body that is lifeless and a body that is breathing. It is, you know, Chakti. It is Chi. It is the the thing that is the great mystery of like, what the F are we even doing here? We don't know. But it's the very same thing that Mike and I were to able, able to like see in that moment with that pink song. It's the great mystery. Mm. And so when it comes to money, we have to know that it is a game of pretend. Money really is made up. We like, you know, our breath is real to the degree our breath is real. Like my phone case here on my desk is like, we can touch it, but money is a game. Humans made it up thousands of years ago to trade value for value. So we have to know that first and it makes it the perfect Mm. playground to heal and shift uh, and transform our relationship with our own power and with our own life force energy because it's based on energy. Like we exchange money in exchange for what we deem as valuable, which is completely subjective, which is completely emotional, which is completely individual. And so, and it's, and it's based on, we feel emotions based on an energy a feeling that we are having, like a feeling in this space, right? And so knowing that that is what money is, is that energetic? And also sex is the same thing. Like it's a great mystery. Like why are we turned on sometimes and not? Why do I want to sometimes jump my husband's bones and sometimes I want to live in a different country? Like, (laughs) same sis. And it could literally like, okay, so Mike and I were just in Vegas this weekend. And he was telling me about this exercise he did at Sacred Sons where they practiced walking with intention. And he just was, we were just walking through a casino and he was just demonstrating what it's like, (laughs) what it was like when he was walking with intention. And I am telling you instantly, I was like, oh my God, you're so sexy. Wow. That's energy. Wow. Same thing with money though, right? Like why do we spend thousands of dollars on a Louis Vuitton bag and like 20 bucks on a bag from Target? It's not because the materials of them are that much more inherently valuable. It's an energy. So just knowing that like we, we get to play more because we don't have so much heaviness then around money. And around sex. And the great news is the more we heal and expand in one area, the more healing and expansion becomes available by default in the other area. And it's kind of like, um, you know, 
you polish over here, it shines over there. Yes. So that's the good news. Oh, that's so good. Okay. That makes so much sense about the sex and the power and the money and the power. It like, it correlates so beautifully. I think of people who like seem to have a healthy relationship to money. Like they seem to, like they're, they're comfortable spending it. They like make good amounts of it. But then like when it comes to sex and relationships, they're like kind of not bankrupt, but like depleted. Like they're like, I can't call it in. I can't like, is it just secretly that they have like a weird like relationship that's with money that's like maybe slipping or like what's the correlation there if there is one? I love that question and I think it's somewhat mysterious, but I will say this. While you might just by accident improve your relationship with sex while improving your relationship with money or vice versa or power or whatever. Yeah. I do think intentionality is important. So for example, in my programs, I we do a lot of nervous system healing work and folks mm. will come in and be like, well, I've been working with my nervous system. You know, I've been studying yoga for 20 years. I've been doing meditation. I've been, you know, doing EFT, the emotional freedom technique, tapping, <laughs> whatever. And like, how is that going to be different? Like what, what, essentially what they're asking me is like, why is my money life not perfect? If you're telling mm. me that my money is related to my nervous system. Mm. And it's the same thing. Like we have to bring an intentionality and a consciousness so that the energy that we're cultivating is directed in a specific way. This is where the masculine uh, energetics and the masculine intent is really important. Like, yes, mm. we need to float in the field and be divine receivers and, and be in our full, like, just like, you know, feminine fluidity. And yes. also sometimes we need that penetrative energy of like, I am taking this and I am mm. putting it in here. <laughs> and so I like literally, <laughs> so yeah. I would say that putting specific attention and intention on healing a specific area of our lives is important. But if we have an area of mastery in one area of our life, we need to know that that is a transferable skill set. So we're mm. not starting from ground zero ever. If you've ever improved any area of your life, you absolutely can just make a lateral transfer to another area of your life and start there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. And I'm ready for more. Um, okay. So this, this leads me to my next question around, you have a course that's about relaxed money, which to me is like so important because I come from a family of like pure meritocracy and like pure, like powerhouse, like, God, like my mom was uh, bless her soul. I love her so deeply. She was such a masculine force. She she penetrated life so intensely and was like, there was a lot of lack mentality and she ended up making a lot of money, but it was like out of scarcity, not out of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the thought, and like, this is part of my work now is integrating this sense of like softening and this mm-hmm. allowing and this receivership, like the thought of relaxed money feels like I get it, but I don't get it in my body. I would love for you to talk to us a bit about what that means and how the hell do we do that? <laughs> yeah, great. So your mom is a great example. And of course, I, I don't know her. So, um, but but let's just take a woman who, you know, was raised by 
a 1950s model of like, okay, that's what your option is in terms of femininity. And then coming into the work world where our moms were very likely one of the few women in their particular field. And so what was required of them to make waves was to be a better man than the men who they were told they were taking the place of. So there was, right. There was like a real proving energy. And so I, you know, I know because, you know, that's my mom too. And so in that scenario, I really want to honor that there are receipts that working really hard and penetrating the world and, and merit, 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 effort, effort, effort gets Mm -hmm. can absolutely make great money. Mm -hmm. So I am not at all saying like that doesn't work. It's super, super duper works. And (laughs) The what what we know is that there are folks who make great money who have had incredible results, who also do not feel abundant. They there's so there's a difference, and this is really important. According to the body, the body does not know facts. The body knows feelings. So our nervous systems mm-hmm. have a thermostat set point for what what money is like essentially like a language and that Mm -hmm. language is energetic and that language is taught to us at a very early age before the age of seven. So our nervous Mm -hmm. system imprints around money are early, 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 and they are not based on how much money there is. They are based on the feeling around money Mm -hmm. in our household. Very, very important. In my household, there was there was actually, you know, quote unquote, plenty of money. Mm-hmm. The feeling around it, certainly from my dad, was that there was not enough and it was mm. scarce and it was scary and it was limited and it was stressful. And there's like a lot of other things that happened, my, you know, around my parents' divorce and all kinds of things that imprinted in my nervous system not abundance and 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 plenty but actually like drama and and fear and scarcity and so with your mom i again i don't i don't know her um but oftentimes i work with people who actually have a lot of resources whether they worked hard for them themselves whether they inherited them who knows but they can't, they don't have the receptor sites to be receiving fully the benefit. And so Mm -hmm. relaxed money is the ability to not only bring in resources in a way that is calm and in flow, but also, and probably more importantly, to be able to fully receive what is already here so that our bodies can feel sufficiency. Mm. And they can have a a known felt sense of like, this is enough. This Mm. is actually enough. And then I'm like actually way more interested in getting as many people as possible to that felt internal sense of wholeness and sufficiency as Lynn Twist talks about in her book, The Soul of Money. So that on the other side of that, we have a population who already feels that they have enough and they are enough. 
And so they're acting from and making decisions from and being a conduit of resources from a place of wholeness and enoughness, as Mm -hmm. opposed to from a place of like, essentially what many people are programmed to do, which is it's never enough. And there's a hungry ghost and they Mm -hmm. are trying to fill a, a bucket that is full of holes and will never, so you could be making a million dollars. You could be making a hundred million dollars. If it doesn't, if you don't have the internal nervous system capacity to feel the resources you have and notice what's there, what's the point? You just gave me such a gift and, and, and I know you gave everyone such a gift. This, this, this clarity that where we are is enough like that this is enough. It reminds me, and I'm totally going to like hijack the conversation for a moment of this moment before I met my partner, Alex, Alex and Alexa, I know it's ridiculous, (laughs) but literally I was sitting in my bed with my dog, Hugo, and I had a glass of wine and I was watching a show and I was sitting with Hugo. And I just, I remember thinking to myself, if this was every single night for the rest of my life, like this would be perfect. This is enough. And then like two days later I met Alex and it was like, because, but it was because I was in that place of this is enough that I was actually allowed to even like receive more than that. And if money and love are in a similar, you know, energetic space, which they undoubtedly are in that sacral chakra, like it only makes sense that financially, if we actually feel into this is enough. Like the goal isn't like, oh, well, if I think this is enough, then I'll for sure get more. But like to really arrive at that place of this is enough, it's inevitable. It is inevitable. Here's Here's what's true. Physiologically, we know that any state of being, any state of emotion, any feeling state is available to us right now. Hmm. Our brains can produce DMT, right? Is it DMT? Yeah. Hmm. Are like a psychedelic psychedelic substance. Like we can have psychedelic experiences through breath, meditation. We can experience pure ecstasy, pure bliss. We can experience anything we want. Our biochemistry has the capacity to experience anything we desire without anything else needing to be true externally. The only reason we ever want more money is because we think that getting the thing that the money will buy us or even just having the money in the bank, we're telling a story about what that means. Mm. So like once I have $10 million in the bank, then I'll be, then I'll be financially free. And then I can, you know, fuck around and do whatever I want. (laughs) Hi, you can fuck around and do whatever you want right now. Right? Like you, (laughs) you can have every possible experience you want to have is because you think it's going to make you feel a certain way. And that certain way you want to feel is available right now. So we keep ourselves on this ridiculous loop of when I, then I, Mm -hmm. but instead we can just be you with Hugo in bed and be like, this is it. And what happens is we miss out on harvesting the moment we miss out on harvesting all that's available right now mm. because we are so caught up in looking elsewhere 
and Mm -hmm. measuring up and saying like, what's here is not enough. And so all the enough that is here, we can't even see it and we can't even feel it. And that does actually prevent us from calling in what it is that we want. But the great irony and sort of the cosmic joke is that when we tap into how enough it already is, we don't even care about it changing. And then in that moment, it does. It's not a funny joke universe. I don't know how I feel about this joke. (laughs) Get out of here with this damn joke. Oh my God. But it's so true. So true. Holy shift. Holy shift. Holy shift. Holy shift. Um, Okay. There's like 8 million places I want to take this, but let's start with people who are like, well, I just want to like, okay, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on getting to the place of this is enough. But what are like some other tools, like other tools for like calling in money or other tools for like whatever? Yeah. I don't know. Manifesting one, two, three. How do we do it? Right. Manifesting (laughs) one, two, three. So number one, so I have a little framework that I teach. It's called stop, signal safety, and savor. So the three S's, well, I guess it's four, but two of them go together. (laughs) So stop, signal safety, savor, or solve. So Mm. you you can decide. So stop means to just notice like, oh, I'm dysregulated. One Mm. of the most repulsive things we do energetically is stay dysregulated. And this is not our fault, right? Like this is our wiring. So dysregulation means your body is out of its range of resonance or its range of regulation. Um, it essentially just means you're in a nervous system response that's a sympathetic nervous response that you're out you're you're not in agency around. Like you're not in control. You're being controlled by your nervous system as opposed to beautifully stewarding your nervous system. And it's a whole mechanism that evolutionarily has been designed to keep us safe from predators um, and from threats. And so it it was so awesome like thousands of years ago. And so we just need to work with that same wiring to wire us to thrive as opposed to just to survive. Mm. So when we're dysregulated, um, all kinds of things happen. We go into overwhelm. We get, um, you know, our breathing gets heavy. We feel anxious. We feel uh, stasis, like we can't take action or, or we're in hyper, right? Like, unfortunately, one, a, a, a very common dysregulation responses to go into a lot of action. And that is celebrated in our culture. Productivity actually really can be a trauma response. So totally, we have to stop and just be like, oh, I'm dysregulated. Okay. I'm scrolling on my phone endlessly. I'm standing by the light of the refrigerator, stuffing my face at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm Googling things that Google could never teach me. I'm what <laughs> Google doesn't even know. Right, Google doesn't know. I'm I'm on, I'm I'm like addicted to the news cycle. I'm whatever I'm doing. There's so many different things that we are behaviors that are a sign of dysregulation. And so we stop and then we signal safety. So signaling safety is any number of tools. I teach tons of them, but uh, a, a nervous system regulating practice. And you already, your body already does some of these things naturally. So one of Mm. my favorite ones is rocking. Mm. We do this with babies because we are constantly in a state of wanting to regulate them. I still rock my children. They're five and Mm. a half and eight. 
Mm. We have a rocking chair in our living room and I will just sit with them and rock them when they're tweaked out. Because I know that like rationalizing with any of us, not just a child, Mm -hmm. we cannot talk ourselves out of a way we feel. You cannot talk yourself out of a way you feel. You have to feel yourself through it. And so rocking is just a beautiful practice. You can just rock right now from Mm -hmm. side to side. You can rock in a chair, but rocking is a beautiful regulating tool. And Mm -hmm. then when you have signaled safety, so when we regulate our nervous systems, we are signaling safety and we are saying you are safe. And what happens when the body feels safe is it oxygen oxygenates both hemispheres of the brain. The cerebrospinal fluid begins to flow up Mm. and down. So we get more access to all the juiciness. Our peripheral vision opens wider. Our breathing regulates. Um, All of this blood flow goes to our extremities. Like so many beautiful things happen. Mm. But from a, a mental capacity perspective, we just have access to more possibilities. Um, and that allows us to then do one of two things, savor, which is pleasure, right? Like mm. at the end of the day, aren't we all just trying to feel good? So, so Please. <laughs> when we first feel safe, then we have access to feeling pleasure. Mm. So often we wonder why we're numb. It's because we're dysregulated. And so when we signal safety, then pleasure becomes available, but also solve. Solve becomes available. We do not want to try to solve our problems in a dysregulated state because in a dysregulated state, our nervous system is saying, I am not safe. And what, according to the nervous system, everything that is unfamiliar is deemed unsafe. And so oftentimes we will be at the precipice of a beautiful expansion in our career or in some way that would bring us more resources, Mm -hmm. the very thing we say we want. And then our nervous system is like, ah, that's unsafe because it's unfamiliar. And so it will do all sorts of things to try to get us to not do that thing. So it might show up as a botched sales pitch. It might show up as like being disorganized and being late to the meeting that then totally sabotages your ability to get the gig. Like so many, we can all track these things in ourselves, right? Just really killing it on the gig, doing so great. And then never invoicing the client. Like these things happen or like, oh, you invoice them, but oh, you put the check in the pile to deposit and it's now a year later and it has expired. So yeah. all sorts of these things happen. I've seen it over and over and over again. And I I used to do these things. And so we need to be able to not solve from that place, which is our nervous system trying to recreate the exact same circumstances that have always been familiar to us, but instead signal safety when we're up at the edge of that expansion to then be able to teach our nervous system, hey, it's safe here now. You can do this new thing and be safe at the same time. And then that expands our range of capacity. It expands our range of resonance so that then we don't have to try so freaking hard to do new behavior. The new behavior becomes automatic because our bodies feel safe. And when we have regulated nervous systems, we become more magnetic because we know that the most relaxed person in the room is the most powerful person in the room. 
when you're negotiating something, when you're in, in the, like, we know that, right? Desperation is so repulsive. But when we're calm, whole, collected, people want to pay us for stuff. <laughs> They're like, I want more of that. That I want it. Because it feels magnetic mm. to have that level of trust and resonance. And mm. so my best manif- money manifesting tip is regulate your nervous system. Oh my God. And can we all do that just for like every single aspect of our goddamn lives? <laughs> can we all just calm it down? Ooh, myself <laughs> included. Like let's all just, I, I had this image. I am, so I'm, I'm actually studying to be a psychedelic assistant therapist right now. And I had an experience um, in a uh, a psychedelic therapeutic experience where I had this image of me as like the nectar, mm-hmm. and I I was just sitting there, and there were there were other people in this experience in this psychedelic journey, and I was I was the nectar, and I felt into it, and I felt into what that could feel like in my body, and all of a sudden, all of these people, not in like a creepy way, all of these people started to come around, and they were like, whatever you're doing that energy that you're embodying right now, it is like, whoa. Yeah. And to be able to know that feeling in your body of being the the nectar, not the, not the bee, but like the nectar just embodying, it is the most magnetic thing on the planet. It really is. Oh my God. Such good wisdom you're giving us. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about your kids and regulating them with the rocking and I feel like you have just so much to share when it comes to parenting, when it comes to um, abundance and how that impacts your relationship with your kids and how they all kind of flow together. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about what's like inspiring you in this space around parenting and money and attraction and all of that? Oh my God. It is so funny because literally I have never talked about this until today. And yeah, and today I came out with it with an, a newsletter about this topic, and we did a whole Instagram thing about it. And Sarah asked me about it today. the The conversation I had with the woman you know before. So anyway, I saw your newsletter. That's what made me think. Of- it's really like on. Yeah. Anyway, so one of the things that I am aware of is that with the thousands of people who come into my world to heal their relationship with money, if their parents had had a healthier relationship with money and been a little more conscious about what they were passing along to their kids, the inheritance, mm-hmm. not financial, but like the energetic inheritance, um, then I would be put out of a job, which would be great. I could do mm-hmm. something else. <laughs> <laughs> So like the idea is like, you know, I would love to work myself out of a, out of a business. So it is irrelevant. Um, and the way I can do that in one minute way is by being aware of what are the messages that I'm passing along to my kids about money. And so there's a few things. Um, one of them is I really want my kids to know, like we talked about, that money is a system. It's a game we are playing and it's here to use as a tool to align our lives with, with our values. It's just Mm -hmm. a tool. Money is a tool 
to align your life with what matters to you. And so we have conversations about what's important to us as a family, what kind of family we are and our values. And we talk about that different families have different values and that's okay. It doesn't make other people wrong. It just means like, this is what we do with our money. Mm -hmm. And And I want to be like, first and foremost, so often the message that we receive about money is that like, it's scarce or you have to work hard for it or rich people are greedy or like, there's so many messages and those are not helpful. Money is a tool to align our lives with our values. And if I can get my kids thinking about what matters to them and what matters to us, they don't have to take on my values, but they do live at my house right now. So like they kind of, (laughs) they don't have their own money yet, but we are starting to give them an allowance every week so that they can start to practice divvying up their money between spend, save, and give, and start to be thinking about their own values and what's important to them. So what would they like to contribute to? What would they like to save up for? What would they like to spend their money on right now so they can start to experiment with the emotional impact of delayed gratification, of generosity, of um, of instant gratification, and thinking about like, oh, I want that, not this, and just like helping to explore the emotional landscape. Because if we could have the vocabulary to talk about money and feelings and money and value um, then they'll be much better served because they'll just have a level of consciousness around it as a tool for later in life. That's so good. And I, so my boyfriend has two kids, so I'm kind of like an honorary bonus mom at this point. And I, about six months ago, we set up accounts for them to do the exact same thing because they're nine and 11 and they're just, it's like, everything is like, they want it. Like they want every candy, they want every toy. They need every squishmallow with every single everything. And don't even get me started. Dude, the collection is so crazy. Like it's a, it's an absurd amount of squishmallows. Mm-hmm. Um, so glad, glad, um, not glad I'm not alone, <laughs> but we did the same thing for that reason. Cause I was like the, I, I, like these children are amazing. They're beautiful kids. And yeah. of course it's, it's like, especially growing up with these and they see everything, uh, you know, all the time they're like, Oh, well I have to have that skincare product, despite the fact that my pores aren't even fully developed yet, but I need that. Um, so just to be able to have these tools and discerning. So we, we set up these accounts and yeah, the delayed gratification. Yeah. Piece. And also so that we can raise them with a level of discernment. So they're not pawns in the mm. consumerist, like toxic economy, which is just run yes. by, you know, giant corporations. Like, yeah. And, and yes. scarcity and scarcity induced mindset. Like that's the all illusion it's, it's of scarcity is what is pumping through all of us. And the illusion of mm. scarcity is the opposite side of the coin of the illusion of separation. Back Mm. to what we talked about at the beginning, like this idea, and I know that's very connected to, you know, to the, to the original threads of yoga practice and yoga philosophy that we are all connected. We are all extensions of the same core consciousness of divine energy and Consumer behavior, like consumer, right? Like, I mean, I buy stuff, right? Obviously, but I'm, I, and I'm not even a minimalist, (laughs) but like consumer brainwashing 
gets us to feel two things simultaneously. One, the lie of separation. And the lie of separation is that A, we are separate, but B, we are separate from God. And mm-hmm. that we need, in order to access the our best selves, which is essentially like our divine selves, our highest selves, we need to mm-hmm. buy something and access something that we do not have direct access to right now. So that's the mm-hmm. lie of separation. And the, the lie of scarcity says that there's not enough to go around. And so we need to get ours. Mm-hmm. Or the slightly like what feels like a more evolved moral version of that is, oh, I shouldn't want too much because that means someone else is going to have less, which is a very seductive thing. What's actually true is that there are enough resources on the planet for everyone to live a really good life. This is the data. This is not like, you know, metaphysical new age speak. The data shows us that there's enough to go around for everyone to live a good life. Now, we do have a distribution issue, and that distribution issue comes from the lie of scarcity because Mm. there would not be corporations and leaders hoarding resources if they did not believe on some level that there's enough, there's not enough to go around. Because of believing there's not enough to go around, we've created a scenario in which there's not enough to go around. But if we all just opened up our palms and let our resources be more of a flow as opposed to an accumulation, mm. everyone could have enough and we would all have enough. Mm. And so when it comes to kids, I really want my kids to really get that like there's nothing they can buy that's going to allow them to feel the truth of their divine nature. And every single advertisement is in some way, not every single, I mean, I advertise also, but like many advertisements are essentially saying to folks, you are not enough. You don't have enough. And the way to get what you want is through buying this thing. But we don't need any of that in order to feel any of the ways we want to feel. Like we said, it's all available to us right now. Let's all let that land for just a second. Woo, this is good. This is so, so, so rich, if you will. Um, Okay, what's coming up for me, because uh, this is totally my stuff, and so I'm, I'm assuming people listening can resonate, is the relationship to trust and money. It's like there's this, there's... I mean, it comes back, I'm sure, in so many ways to this, like, there's not enough. Um, But like, I know for me, like spending, like, I, I make a good living. And I, but I still have moments where like, if I spend what I would consider a large amount of money on something, there's like a, like a contraction and like a difficulty trusting that like it's going to come back or that it's, you know, that this was a good choice. Like the self-trust isn't quite there with money um, and the trust with money isn't there. How do we heal that relationship and what, what can we do? What can we do? Yeah. I love this question there. So there's two layers here. One is to, at those moments, really have a decision matrix of some kind for yourself where you've identified what your values are And you can identify if this purchase or this investment is going to expand your ability to have more of that thing that you value in your life. Mm. Um, Because like if I am going to go out and buy a Maserati right now, for example, um, for me and my values, 
that purchase would not expand my capacity to have more of what I value in my life in this moment. So it mm-hmm. would actually be anxiety inducing and create contraction and constriction because it's not really right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I go spend the same amount of money on, I actually have no idea what a Maserati costs. <laughs> I, have <seen> either. <laughs> I have no idea. But no. like if I invest in like this high level women's entrepreneurial mastermind retreat, mystical something or other, like, yeah, baby, that for me, like that, I know I have receipts like I, that is in alignment with my values all day long. I've yeah. never made an investment like that and not had a great experience. So my recommendation, and this is one of the things I teach in Relax Money is to have money agreements with yourself and then also to really get super clear. And we have a specific process for this where we get clear on what matters to us so we can make our spending a prayer. So we can make our spending a reflection of those values. Now, if you are investing in something that you're like, yeah, that totally aligns with my values and yet I'm still feeling scared, that's the time to regulate your nervous system through Mm. that expansion. You are taking an action that is expanding you into the state that is unfamiliar, but it's unfamiliar in the direction of your desire. So your nervous system is saying, this is not safe, but you know it actually is safe and you just need to let your nervous system know like, hey, baby, we are safe right here. It is safe to make this investment. It is totally safe. And what's so great about that, so you do stop signal safety, saver, or stop signal safety, uh, solve. The solve part would be like, maybe if you're trying to make a spending decision, you would Mm -hmm. use that. Um, The cool thing about it is, of course, like we talked about that when we practice and expand our capacity to have a regulated nervous system, we do become more magnetic and there actually is more money available every time. Um, or if there's not, we can source ourselves from source with a capital S knowing that money is not our source, but source ourselves from that place, that deep well of enoughness, which we access through regulating our nervous systems and embodiment work. And we can source from that place and realize that we are remarkably, infinitely resourceful and there is literally money everywhere. So when we can open up and regulate ourselves, our peripheral vision expands, we see possibilities everywhere, and we can just be like, oh, I'm going to tap into that stream. Great. Done. Handled. So good. I love that our peripheral vision expands as we're able to- It's so cool. Yeah. Like our, you know, our literal peripheral vision expands, but obviously energetically- it's so good. Again, okay, right? great, it's a great sense of humor universe. Like <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Um, Kate, if you could just like wave a magic wand and give everybody one piece of like money wisdom right now, mm-hmm. what would it be? It would be that your inherent worth and your value as a human is completely and totally separate from how much money you have, how much money Mm. you've ever had, how much financial success you ever have. And those two things are totally separate and have nothing to do with each other. Yes, please. Where can we find you? Where can we take your courses? Where can we buy Do Less, Money, A Love Story? Where can we listen to you? I know you have your podcast plenty. Talk to us. Where can we connect? Yeah. So I would love for you to come listen to my podcast plenty. Since you're a podcast listener, please hop over there. (laughs) I have episodes that get into 
in more depth many of the topics we talked about today. Um, And then find me on Instagram at Kate Northrup. That's a great place to come over and just learn more. If you are in a place where you'd like to really expand your capacity to receive and learn my favorite tools for nervous system regulation, you can just send me a DM on Instagram that says the word melt, M-E-L-T, and I'll send you my pressure relief kit with my favorite nervous system healing tools. Amazing. Kate Northrup, you are a gem. I have so enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for creating the space and creating the time and sharing all of your your wealth of wisdom, truly. It's such a gift. Thanks for having me. Guys, thank you so much for being here, taking the time out of your day to connect, to get altered. What a gift. If you liked this episode, please do share it. Share it with someone who could benefit from it. Share it on social media. We need to have these conversations. We need to have free content that we can integrate into our lives. So share it. It would mean so much to me and it will probably mean something to whoever you share it with. Uh, Again, if you haven't already, please do leave us a five-star review and a written review wherever you listen to this podcast. It will help us so much and you're the best. Thanks so much.